Oh, hell, do you read me? Affirmative, Dave. I read you. What's up, everybody? You're listening to a brand new episode of the All Things Dave podcast, and I'm your host, Phantom Dark Dave. I got Ed the Undead back on the show, and we're going to talk about our favorite Robin Williams movies. Ed, all I got to say is, what's up, Broteen Shake? Not a whole lot, my man. Just uh, ready to get this shit on the road. On the road again, because, you know, I bring you on here, and then we go like a month or two, and then I bring you on here again. We have to change that. I'm going to get you on here again next month. We're going to break that tradition. Let's do it. Let's do it to it, Laws. But to be fair, we've had this one on the books for quite a while. You were waiting on me. I got to admit it. It's my fault it took so long. Is it a first? I think it's a first. That you were ready before me? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'll admit it's probably a first. But it might not be the last, bro, because I'm just crazy. And you know how crazy work is because we work at the same place. Man, we just have all these good ideas and some stuff, it, it falls between the cracks and some stuff, it's like, man, we just really need to take some time. And to be honest, man, I'm glad I did because it gave me a chance to rewatch a lot of like favorites of mine. And then it gave me a chance to find some new stuff that I didn't think that's half could the fun, even man. be on the list. So yeah, yeah man, I'm, I'm ready to get it on. And so talking about this with Ed earlier, this is just like the Jim Carrey one where there's so many movies. It's so hard to cram them all together into a top five list that we decided to bring two honorable mentions to the table. So that way, instead of a top five, it's kind of like a top seven. And yeah. that's just how we do, man. So Yeah, it's fun no matter what. It's like there are no bad Robbins Williams movies. I, I couldn't tell you. I haven't seen them all. But, you know, I, it would not surprise me if there wasn't a bad one. Huh. I don't know. I mean, that'd be kind of crazy to not have a... What if Robin was his middle name, and his first name was Baskin? Oof. Baskin Robin Williams. Oof. I like it. Makes me think of Cheryl Baskins from the Tiger King series. Damn, you know I never watched that? Yeah, it's probably best you know. You know what it makes me think of? Huh. There's a show, There's this horror movie called Baskin that's really fucked up that I've seen. Yeah. So I haven't seen Tiger King, but I've seen Baskin. So that's yeah, cool. It's, it's a trip, man, with the whole show. You know why I didn't watch it? Because um, the whole world was fucking raving about it, so I was like, "Skip." They weren't raving on it because it was good. It oh, was, bro, I couldn't it was like the, it was not be on Twitter and see something with Tiger King. I was like, "No." It was just crazy drama, bro. But you know what? That's okay. It is what it is, man. So let's go and dive into this thing, so that way this isn't a two-hour episode. It might only be an hour. Let's kickstart with you. You're the guest. Honorable mentions. What do you want to bring to the table? And well, speaking of it only being one hour. <gasps> My favorite honorable mention is One Hour Photo. Okay. You know, I had to rewatch this because I thought long and hard about it. So I actually used to be a photo guy. So this actually kind of made some sense to me. Like as when you watch a movie about like a career you've had or a job you've had, kind of like a cable guy, it's like, oh, man. This kind of hits a little bit too close. That's kind of <laughs> how it was for me. And when I saw it as a kid, um, I didn't understand a lot of it. I thought it was weird, but I didn't understand it. It wasn't, and there were moments that I remembered. I was like, oh, this is kind of strange. I watched it as an adult, and I've gone through like 
you know, my whole entire life, like not knowing what half this stuff meant, rewatching it. Um, basically, if, you, if, you, if no one's ever like watched this before, you've got Robin Williams, he plays Cy the photo guy. He is a, uh, he works with like those like one hour uh, disposable cameras uh-huh. at like a Walmart or something. You drop off the film, they develop it, you get your normal like four by six and five by seven pictures, get them developed, and you got, you actually have a normal like sleeve of pictures, you know? Anyway, he becomes obsessed with this one family that keeps coming up here, and, and dude's got no life. He's got no life, no love, no family, no one in sight. And he's kind of like this obsessive compulsive person and ends up being kind of like a a creepy stalker. And this was such a unique role for Robin Williams because you always see him as this like fun loving, you know, family man, wacky, zany, hilarious, but never like in this dark, just like I didn't know he could go that place. And, you know, um, if you guys decide you want to watch it, you know, that's cool. Um, don't you know? Understand that this is not necessarily a, uh, a feel-good movie like some of a lot of his other movies. <laughs> uh, understand that it goes to dark place, um, but it, nonetheless, it's interesting. It and is? I'll leave it at that. All right, cool. I like it, bro. Yeah. My first honorable mention is also a movie that's kind of weird and creepy in a sense. And it's from 2006. It's The Night Listener. Never seen it. So The Night Listener makes my honorable mention list because it's good, but it's not great. But it's worth mentioning because I feel like a lot of people haven't seen it. And right out of the gate, I should say that I set out to make a Robin Williams list that was personal to me, but also not something that's going to be a lot like our Adam Sandler and possible Jim Carrey. I didn't want to have the same five for a reason. So I I looked at a lot of different kinds of Robin Williams movies, and I stumbled on The Night Listener. And it's really cool because you know how you talk about uh, a career you used to have, and then you see a movie about it, and so you can relate to it? Well, in The Night Listener, Robin Williams is a nighttime talk show host. Oh, that's cool. Like on the radio. So that's kind of like podcasting. And so that hit home with me. And the movie stars Robin Williams and Tony Collette. And Tony Collette does no wrong. And this isn't a Tony Collette podcast episode, but she helps make this movie great. But it's driven by Robin Williams because this is one of his non-comedic roles. It's a drama, but it's also kind of a psychological thriller because you don't know really what you're watching. And basically Robin Williams is going through a separation you know, his life's kind of falling apart. He's He does this nighttime show where he reads stories, and he's kind of got that really cool Robin Williams voice, you know what I mean? And one day he gets this manuscript that was written by a child, like a teenager, and he reads it, and he's compelled by it. The manuscript is basically like this kid telling about his upbringing. The kid lives in like a foster care type situation, and he talks about how he's abused by his parents. It's like this huge dramatic thing. Like you said, not a feel-good type movie, but it takes a twist because Robin Williams kind of gets obsessed with this kid's life and wants to know more. This kid's adopted by a social worker, and I'll just let it stay with that. It's not a comedy. So 2006, The Night Listener. It's closer – is it closer to like a – like a thriller or a horror? I would or? put it closer to a drama more than anything else, but with psychological thriller aspects. Okay. So – Definitely put that on the radar. It's Honorable one of those mention ones, number one, man. Yeah, it's one of those ones I've 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 never even knew was a thing. I was looking at it and I was like, Tony Collette, she's she's the one from United States of Terror, right? Yeah, and she was in uh, Hereditary, which I know you haven't seen that yet, but yeah, <laughs> that'll stay with you. There's a lot of other good actors in there as well. I mean, I saw Roy Culkin and yes. Sandra Oh, and you got Joe Morton, dude from uh, T2, wasn't he? Am I getting that mixed up? Don't get me to lie, bro. I think he might have T2 been. is a lot more of your field than my field. <laughs> Does it have Arnold in it? But yeah. the li- the, again, I want to mention, like, it's an honorable mention because it's not good enough to make my top five, but it's one that I hadn't seen I watched it in prep for some things, and I was like, you know what? It has a really good premise. The acting is really good. It's just not a home run because it. I don't think it was executed well enough, right. but it's worth your time at least once. Fair enough. So what you got for your last honorable mention? My last honorable mention is a movie I just learned about um, just last week. I just gave it a chance. Honestly, I watched it last night with my wife, and 
Uh, she was like, I want to watch that. I was like, have you ever seen it? And she was just like... <laughs> Judging a book by its cover. Yeah, she's like, she's like, I'm just not in the mood for something like that. I'm like, do you even know what it is? Mm-hmm. And then she she couldn't really say anything. So I was like, let's just watch it. And then 30 minutes in, let's see if it's something you're vibing with. And if you don't like it, we'll change it. We'll watch something feel goody. Yeah, she was like, goody. Oh, Yeah, whatever. <laughs> the other Sam Goody. Yeah. Um, no, oh, something man. that makes you feel good. A palate cleanser, right? Sure. And then that was the deal. We got through the whole movie. Okay. It was a two-hour movie. It's called wait. Insomnia. <laughs> it's Al Pacino and, and Robert Williams. Um, they basically play off each other. It's a real interesting um, how, like trio in this. Because you also have... Um, uh, she played Million Dollar Baby. Hillary Swank. Uh, Hillary Swank. And uh, basically how it is, there's a there's a murder investigation. You got Al Pacino and his partner. They're coming from uh, L.A. to... Uh, what was? Do you remember the city they were in? It was like, was it like? It was Night Mule, Alaska. Alaska. Don't ask it was me like, why. Oh, I it was that. like always daytime, basically. Like no matter what time it was, there was always light outside. So that's kind of one of the 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 points to the name of insomnia. Um, a lot goes down. I kind of don't. I kind of don't want to spoil it. Okay. Because because it you know if you spoil it, it don't spoil it, bro. I don't know. Um, long story short, you have Robin Williams playing the villain. I mean, that is, you know, I think that's obvious enough for anyone. And that was right around the time of One Hour Photo, so this was like a whole new Robin Williams. Movie. Yeah, he plays like this, like, methodical, very well thought out, like, always one step ahead kind of villain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he somehow plays off of the psyche of Al Pacino, who's who is the investigator investigating a a, a crime um, that we eventually learn is you know it's Robin Williams' uh, murder case, but but yeah, the way he plays off of it, he tries to make Al Pacino the bad guy, mm-hmm. and Al Pacino is is having some like psychological issues because he's not getting any sleep, and and it's really cool. They make it kind of. Um, he sees like flashes and stuff like that. Like he sees visions of things that aren't there. Right. And then and then you got um, Hillary Swank. She plays a like a young up and coming cop, super curious, loves the job, wants to learn new stuff, and she just wants to know everything. Al Pacino's character is kind of like this legendary, you know, investigator or detective or whatever, and he's just he he owns this job, and Hillary Swank has to make some decisions, but. Um, that could potentially hurt Al Pacino because um, he has to deal with some moral dilemmas. But all all while, you have Robin Williams just playing this cool, collected, methodical person. It's it's crazy how he's always one step ahead, coming up with better solutions to make you know try and get himself out of a a, a sticky situation. And I was like, man, I don't think I've ever seen Robin Williams play like a dark role dark enough role like this you know he's like kind of psychotic in in one hour photo he's, he's on the bridge of that right like he's definitely he's not okay right this guy oh he's all there he's all there and he wants everyone else to think that he is like like Hannibal Lecter level like mm. intellect you know what I mean he's starting to show his true colors it's it's really cool seeing him and that I just didn't know he had this kind of range until I saw this movie and I know he had range I just never saw him yeah this is it's a, another dark role. I think it's really it's really cool when you see comedians or people who you think are comedians or Family Guys or whatever, and 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 you love them for those legendary roles they had, but then they turn around and they're like this. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, you got to remember they are actors, man, and they can play these roles. It's nice. And yeah. Maybe he never sought him out, or maybe he was never offered him. Maybe he was typecast to be that Family Guy. But I think, like I said, this one and One Hour Photo were both in the early two thousands. And then once he did movies like that, it, he kind of didn't stop doing kind of wild ass movies like that. Yeah. So hmm. that's cool, man. I feel like Insomnia. <laughs> forgive the pun, but that's a movie that gets slept on, bro. Yeah. So I did there. It's a lot, man. All right, you ready for my final honorable mention? I am. Um, I said in an event to not have much crossover, 
I wanted to go ahead and boot this from my top five and make it an honorable mention because people who know me know me. So I'm going to put Aladdin from 1992 in my honorable mention because, yes, I love it very, very much. Robin Williams is a pivotal part of that role because nobody can do the genie like he did, and that was proved in the second movie. But, you know, I do love, like, the live-action Aladdin even more than the cartoon Aladdin. And so I put, I put that in a perspective. And though we had this conversation, we said, you know, we can include, you know, voice acting, live-action acting. Like, it's all acting. And so by saying I'm putting this in my honorable mention, I'm really only doing it so I can leave a top five room for a, a lot of other kinds of movies. Sure. And people already expect Aladdin to be on my list. So I bumped it to the honorable mention to say, you are right, but let me tell you about these other five movies that I love. So all I'll go on and say is, you might bring it up, don't know, but Robin Williams is a fantastic voice actor. He did it in so many different films. Aladdin probably being the best. Everybody loves Genie, and uh, we'll just leave it for that. Fair enough. So... All right, I'm man. surprised. You know, and, th- and that was the point. I really want—I I didn't want to have the same top five as you, but I really wanted to explore a lot of different right. things. And I'm hoping you bring a lot to the table that I don't bring, and that way we can really make a lot of Robin Williams fans happy. Right, we'll find out, man. I mean, at the end of the day, certain people reach us all different. Well, you and know. again, I'm not sure average, ordinary guy, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, regular, everyday, right. normal guy. You got it, bro. Like, hey, I like a lot of weird shit, you know? Yeah. And so let's see what you like. What's your number five? My number five, bro, it's something I've seen a lot when I was a kid. I didn't see it again until maybe a couple of months ago. It's Hook. Okay. Yeah, man. 1991. This came out like a year after I was born. So the synopsis is this. The boy who wasn't supposed to grow up, Peter Pan, does just that. Becoming a soulless corporate lawyer whose workaholism would cost him his wife and kids. During his trip to see Granny Wendy in London, the vengeful Captain Hook kidnaps Peter's kids and forces Peter to return to Neverland. Mm. You know, the craziness of this movie is probably more than anything just the set and the scenery. And watching it as an adult, it's just like, it's a pretty simple plot. It's nothing overly, you know, you you got literally Robin Williams comes back, yet Peter Pan uh, comes back to Neverland, and he's just trying to save his kids. Simple plot, right? Hook, played by... Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman, man. Yeah. It's it's crazy seeing him in this role, but he's he's funny yeah. and goofy and a little bit campy. And the jokes, although they're not over the top, it's kid rated. It's it's obviously meant for kids. Yep. Right. But me rewatching it, although it might not have been as funny as it was when I was a kid necessarily, <laughs> I had an overall appreciation of what it what it did for me as a child and and just the sheer craziness of the scenery man i mean you look at movies like pirates of the caribbean mm-hmm. and like what like the like the, the pirate ships and stuff they did this was a massive massive movie like ah man like you just you'll know what i'm talking about if you ever rewatch it but it's 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 a lot um that for me is probably one of my biggest takeaways. Is just the the I appreciate that more than anything. But the, I do like the plot. Eventually, you know, if you guys haven't seen this already, you know, what are you doing? It, it, I'm sure it's come up on Disney Channel like a million times. It's it's a great movie. You know, it's fun. You, you end up getting Peter Pan. Eventually, finds out how to be a kid again. I think it's a lesson. And you know, hey, we're we, yeah, you can go up to be an adult and you take care of all your responsibilities but at the end of the day like listen to your kids and let them like i guess reinvent your own childhood see life through their eyes again because it'll help you grow internally and be just a better person because you end up being like this kind of corporate douchebag and then at the end he's like nah my kids are first my kids are most important and I'll never take this I'll let the you know I'll never take advantage of of you know of this time I have right take it for granted yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so biggest things that stuck with me with hook I loved it as a kid too I do not like Julia or uh, uh what's her name Julia Roberts 
Right, that's her name. Oh who plays yeah, Tinkerbell. She, yeah, I, I don't like her, <laughs> and so I get it. I that get it. that was a negative for me in that movie. Even it's though just, she does a fine job, ugh, it's no good. But what stuck with me the most about Hook, you're gonna love this. I don't know why it was so traumatizing as a kid when the dude gets put in the trunk with the two scorpions. That oh yeah, I was like that is horrifying. Oh, they did horrifying, some messed up dude. stuff. Horrifying, dude. They did some messed up stuff. Yeah, uh, no good. But it was, but it was, it was a lot of movies did that. Bob man. Hoskins, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Mario. Um, then you had that. That was the guy who played Shmi, uh-huh. and I loved his character. He was just like that perfect wingman for for Hook. Um, you know, I have. There's a good drinking game you can play if you want to throw on Hook and pour some shots. Just take a shot every time someone says, "What is it, Bangarain?" Oh man! Yeah, and then. You know the Lost Boys, right? Yeah, Rufio. yeah, yeah. Rufio. Rufio's badass. Though. Yeah, Donnie badass. Basco. Yeah, dude, he. Uh, it's almost like Donnie Brasco, but not really. It was cool because I was watching um, Avatar: Last Airbender uh, TV, the cartoon, and one of his like he played a voice role in that. Nice. And I immediately knew. I was like, "Is that Rufio's voice?" And I had to look back. I was like, "Oh, that is. That's so cool. It's just a cool little voice acting tidbit there." You know what line stayed with me though? What? Looky, looky, I got a hooky. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of fun little one-liners like that all throughout the movie. Hey, man. but there is some darkness in that. I won't say what it is, but there's something that happens in that movie that was pretty damn traumatic. I was like, "Wow." Yeah, man. But just in Are you case. talking about with Hook ah. and the and the boy and the yeah, when he tried to pee in the hook gun. Oh no! What? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a uh, it was kind of weird, man. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think anyone's mind was going to that level. No, I, was I just... think it was at a, at, a, at a plot point. It was. No, I'll fucking say it. The death of Rufio. I'll say it. Yeah. That 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 sucked. When he you're died. a kid, he's the one you're rooting for and the one you want to be. And it was like, hey, you're still not an adult. Like you can't have this fight. And that's what gives, you know, Robin Williams, I think, the drive for it. What's up, kick? But, yeah. It's a good number five, man. Great way to start your list. I wasn't sure how you felt about that one, but now I know. And it's got to be really cool to watch it as a kid and be like, I love this movie. It's fantastic. And then see it as an adult. And you're like, the charm is still there. But you, you see it for, like, what it took to make this movie. And yeah. you appreciate all that stuff. So, yeah. That's awesome. Well, just when I thought we weren't going to have a lot of crossover, my number five from 2002 is One Hour Photo. Oh, nice. So uh, we've had this conversation before back in the day. You worked in the photo department. I did not, but I did work at a Walgreens, and I had to sell those pictures. So people used to come get them, and I had to go through their pictures with them. Do you want to buy the negatives and everything? So the fact that Robin Williams is a creepy character that keeps the negatives and puts them on his wall, that's fucked up. Like, that's cool, but that's fucked up, right? And you're making a movie about a guy who sees your entire life and knows you better than, like, anybody else why not make him a, a psycho who does that right yeah. it's a it's a perfect opportunity but i love what you said too because this was like the first time we saw robin williams play his non-comedic self and that bleach blonde eminem looking hair that he has like right. there's just so much uneasiness to it that he brings a certain kind of creepiness to it and uh i think it, it really took like that movie could have been good on its own but having somebody who you don't expect to play that character play that role i think gives it its edge so, you want to hear like a cool little bit of trivia that as I was rewatching that movie was um, so Jake the son he was in the convenience store and he's like trying to buy like a toy and you know Sai catches him on the side of his eyes he's like hey Jake how's it going what you got there and he goes not much just like it's like a superhero he has this little toy yeah. and it was uh, it was from an anime that I've seen it's called uh, Neon Gen- Genesis Evangelion. And there's like this whole conversation, and I was like, "This is 1991. They know about that." And then it's—I mean, it's—it's it's like way back, like a really sure. like well-known anime. It was the first anime for a lot of people back in the day, um, uh, when right before it started, you know, getting popular like it is now. And uh, I just—I thought that was cool. It was a cool little plug and. Who knew if that was ever going to be... So an anime fan's going to get something out of it. Yeah, just a cool little tidbit. You're like, ah, what? You're like, when I was a kid, I definitely even noticed that. I'm like watching no it, I'm like, it pass. <laughs> <laughs> get the I mean, Batman toy. What are you doing? <laughs> All right, man. So, my number four. We're getting there. We're going through this list pretty quick, honestly. My number four, it's a classic. I mean, it's hard to say any of these aren't, but... 
Mine is going to be 1995's Jumanji. When siblings Judy and Peter discover an enchanted board game that opens the door to a magical world, they unwittingly invite Alan, an adult who's been trapped inside the game for 26 years, into their living room. Alan's only hope for freedom is to finish the game, which proves risky, as all three find themselves running from giant rhinoceroses, evil monkeys, and other terrifying creatures. This movie... I think this is the movie that started, like, the epic adventure genre for me. Okay. Like, like the mummy and stuff like that. Just oh, these, yeah. These huge, awesome adventures... They're like, what is happening right now? This is crazy. You know what I mean? Um, there's a lot out there like that, and I think this kind of started it. Um, what is this movie other than totally crazy and totally fun? Like, just you get brought into a world that's like Tarzan, man. I mean, essentially, <laughs> essentially like, that's what he turns into that's what Robin yeah, Williams when you is see him, he's, he's got like the long... yeah he's got like clothes made out of leaves and he's it looks like a mountain man with his crazy beard and hair and he and he's just like he doesn't even realize 26 years have passed he got mm. lost in the game uh, when he was a child and he's been stuck and time's been basically standing still for him he's just surviving yeah. he's just surviving every day he's stuck in this crazy jungle world with like, I don't know, like, sentient beasts. Like, they're really, like, they're, like, actual, like, smart, like, crazy animals in this thing. Robin Williams is the real king of the jungle, bro. Yeah, man. He proves it. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that movie when I was a kid, too. That's a good one. I remember, I, bro, I thought that game was real. Like, you could buy Jumanji at the store, the board game, and I was yeah. just like, who the fuck would get this? That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. I mean, this was this was early Kirsten Dunst as a child, mm-hmm. like really, really young. I think it might have been her first or nah. second role. Oh yeah, never mind. Yeah, Interview she played the vampire. Yep, yeah, yeah, you're right. This might have been her. She was like what preteen or early teen? Something, yeah. dude. She couldn't have been too much older than ten or eleven. I don't, okay. I don't know, maybe twelve. I, I don't know, but but yeah, this was this was great, man. Um, this movie still holds up. Yeah, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, like there are a lot of movies that don't hold up nearly as well. I like this. It's it's, it's fun. It, you know, at, at the end of the day, Robin Williams is Tarzan man, and <laughs> you know he, he he's not. He's trying. I don't to find know. Jane. I'm not. Ex- I didn't expect him to really have like crazy chops in this. I just I believed it. Yeah. You know, I, I I believed his character. I, he 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 made some. I can't remember like a whole whole lot as far as like quotes or anything because it has been a while since I've seen it, but I do remember loving this movie a whole lot. And um, the hunter, I can't remember his name either, but ah, man, he was the butler from Richie Rich. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same dude. He was and like, man, he, he, he owned that mustache, man. Oh, bro, he looked like Colonel Mustard. This motherfucker, <laughs> dude. It's a great movie. It is. I agree. All right, man. My number four is from 2004. It's The Final Cut. You ever heard of that one? I have heard of it. I've never seen it. So movie stars Robin Williams. He plays Alan Hackman, and he's a cutter. And uh, when I say that, I don't mean what the first thing that comes to our mind is. When I say he's a cutter, it's his profession. So this is kind of – it's not like a futuristic movie. It can be something that's nowadays. And if in anything, it would be like 2023 and where we're going as a society. Yeah. So people get what's called Zoe devices implanted in them if they can afford it. And what it is, is a lot of people have it implanted like before they're born, like their parents make the decision. And what the Zoe device is, is a chip that goes usually like in their mind. Um, and it records your life through your eyes. Oh, that's great. So imagine everything you're doing and seeing from your point of view is being recorded. And the point is so that when you die, a cutter or a movie editor, if you will, takes your life, re-edits it into like an hour or hour and a half like film, and basically it's like your living legacy. So like your family sees the best moments of your life, you relive all your memories. And so you have Robin Williams, who plays a very like melancholy, like just dramatic, selfless note, like not the same kind of character he plays in One Hour Photo, but also not too far from. Like, he's more kept to himself. He has a love interest, but it you don't really know if it's going anywhere. But 
the point is, is he sees everyone's life, but doesn't live one of his own. But the reason that he's so popular is he's the best in the business because he will watch people's lives that other cutters won't. So Robin Williams essentially will take somebody who's like a devil and make him look like an angel. Oh, wow. So think of murder, pedophilia, like all those things. And Robin Williams watches that and deletes it and makes this like people look like saints, essentially. The movie also has uh, guest roles of uh, Jim Caviezel pops up in it. Uh, Mira Silvino pops up in it. And it, you know, it's one that I had seen before and... I didn't know what to expect, and I don't even think I finished it originally. I think I was like, I'm not in the mood for whatever this weird movie is. But you know what? In prep for this, I gave it a rewatch, and it found itself at my number four, man, because I really, really liked the story of it. Like, that's a really cool idea, and it's kind of one-hour photo-ish, but it takes it a step further. Yeah. And I will tell you, it's worth watching because there's a really cool twist in the movie. And so... I don't know, man. I think that Robin Williams gives a very haunting, dramatic performance in it. And seeing where the movie ends up going, it's kind of a thrill ride, if you will. So it's, It sounds like an incredibly like, it's just, interesting it, story. It, it is, and it's, it's unique is yeah. one of the best words. See, this is why you need to start watching uh, Black Mirror, because you see futuristic-style stuff like sure. that. And it's it's interesting how it kind of blends it with today's reality, and sure. it kind of makes sense. You're like, oh man, it could go that way one day. Um, this is a super interesting plot. I love this. Kind of it stuff. is, and this is one that I know it gets skipped over a lot because it came out in the mid two thousands, where his movies were kind of all over the place, and some of them just went straight to like DVD at that point. Like you might find it a Hollywood video or something. But, yeah, Final Cut was probably one of the better ones of the weird ones that I saw. I mean, it sounds like it has... Uh... And it's cool, man. I mean, he's, he's a cutter. It's just a cool name. But right. it's like, he's an editor of people's lives, and he makes you look good. Like, that's how you want to be remembered. Man. It's cool. It's a reimagining, bro. But that's my number four. So I'll have to in... give that a, a look-see. You have to. Let me know. We're in top three category, man. What do you got for number three? My number three is Goodwill Hunting. Um, this is probably on the list for a lot of people out there if they were to make a Robin Williams list. For a lot of people, this would be their number one. I mean, it's objectively a great movie. People people love it. And I think this is one of the movies that put Matt Damon on the map. You know, this was one of <laughs> Matt his... Matt Damon, that's what I call it. Uh, no. <laughs> no? Okay. No, you, you've, got, you've got Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and of course Robin Williams plays the professor. Um... It's a touching tale of a wayward young man who struggles to find his identity, living in a world where he can solve any problem except the one brewing within himself, until one day he meets his soulmate who opens his mind and his heart. Um, the soulmate is uh, Minnie Driver. Okay. Uh, she was in a lot of movies um, in the in the 90s, and uh, I don't know about the early 2000s, but um, if I'm not mistaken, she was the mother who played in... Um, she was like the uh, the singer's mother. I can't think of the movie at this particular moment, but it's on the tip of my tongue. I'll was it was it Beyond? No, was that it? Was that the movie? It might not have been late. I think it was Beyond the Lights. Don't know, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was Beyond the Lights. She she played the mother. This is your movie. She's basically <laughs> a, a, a pop singer's mother. But this is a good movie as well. Um, Robin Williams in this, he plays like basically the professor where Matt Damon doesn't even go to college. He's just a janitor and picks up trash. And one day uh, there is a, uh, one of the teachers is saying like, you know, if anyone can solve this, you know, you win. I forgot what the prize is or whatnot. I think it might've just been for I don't know, just just for uh, shits and giggles, but uh, no one can find figure out this equation, and then one night the equation's fully solved, and they can't find out who the hell did it, and no one's taking credit for it. It was Matt Damon, 
and Matt Damon's just a genius, man. But he he's growing up in like I think it was like Chicago or Boston or whatever, and he's just a shithead hanging out mm. with shithead friends, doing construction jobs. You know, really not going anywhere in, in his life. I mean, he's okay. He's doing fine. He's okay with his life, but you know, his potential is through the roof, and he's just really not really accepting that. Even his friends are just like, dude, what are you doing here? You know what I mean? You're not like us. Like, do something with your life. And, and he's just to find himself to the movie. And Robin Williams plays a big part in, in, in just honing Matt Damon's personality and just being that father figure he never really had. Um, but it was, it's, it's full of Really good drama, really good acting, uh, uh, just a solid plot through and through. Um, it it kind of brings it all, except for you know horror. But but you know it's a great movie. It's a, it, again, it's objectively awesome. It's won awards, and uh, you know Robin Williams really, really like. I think took the cake with this one. I think he was okay. right there. He was like right there with Matt Damon. Well, I have a confession. I've never seen it and I've always wanted to watch it, but it just never worked out, man. So I love that it's on your list because it makes me want to watch it. But I remember seeing the trailer for this so many times in the like late 90s on VHS tapes. Like I'd buy different movies. And yeah. if I'm not mistaken, I think that the Goodwill Hunting is a Miramax film. It is. And so because I watched a lot of movies, Miramax produced a lot of them, yeah. that trailer would be like squeezed in. Yeah. And I'd, I'd like memorize, like you talk about it and I can picture everything. And I'm like, damn, man, like I ne- back then that was never going to be something I was going to watch. But I tried to make it a point to watch it for this podcast. But it's like it's a little over two hours and that is kind of hard to squeeze in sometimes. I know. And it's, um, it's awesome. man. Yeah. It's witty. You're going to enjoy it. Um, it, 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 it. It's a different, um, more serious role. By by, it's kind of almost everything we've been doing today. This is the serious roles of Robin Williams podcast. I mean, it could be, man. I mean, I, and those I, are sometimes... I kind of, I'm surprised. I thought I was gonna try to throw you for a loop, but you're all like seeing the same movies. This is true, man. What, damn it! I mean, I'm glad there's some mixture in our in our, in our list. There's, I mean, there's a, a bit. There's a lot, man. There's only been one that's been the same so far. Well, let me break that rule. So my no. number three. You ready for this? You'll never see this coming, bruh. You know why? Because you ain't been sleeping. It's from 2002. It's insomnia, baby. (laughs) So I don't have to go too much in depth of what the movie's about, but I I just want to capitalize on some things that you said. This movie is amazing because it starts out as an Al Pacino movie, and who doesn't love Al Pacino? But it is stolen by Robin Williams because, yes, Robin Williams is methodical and everything. Like, Robin Williams is the killer in this movie, and that is in the trailer. Like, he literally says to him, the only reason you know I killed her is because I told you. And I'm like, wow, that's savage of you. But the way that it kind of further goes into the investigation and you start to having to interview people, like, who knows who, where did this come from? It really it's a very, very good like CSI episode, but yeah. with all your favorite people. And it takes place in this part of Alaska that I really like because I've always said this. I always am drawn to like small fishing villages as a setting, like that whole main setting and that dreariness, like is a really good place for a movie. And um, there's a lot of people in this one, too, that pop up that is really cool. Kind of like before, like, uh, Catherine, what was her name? Isabel. I kind of forgot to tip my tongue, but she went on to be in, like, Freddy vs. Jason and Ginger Snaps and stuff. And then you got Jonathan Jackson, who was in some horror movies. Like, all these people pop up, and I'm just like, man, this is really cool. But, I mean, this is a Robin Williams podcast episode. And the reason that this one's my number three is because he is, like you said, so calm and collected and he's kind of the perfect serial killer. It's really yeah. weird, but I really wish we got more of this. Yeah, I was getting some real Dexter vibes a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, like you kind of liked him a little bit. You're just trying to make me watch Dexter. You're like, hey, it's a lot like Insomnia. Watch it. <laughs> you, uh, there is one scene that I thought was fucking insane. Um, the over the river. Uh huh. With the logs. Uh huh. That scene. Dude. 
gave Dude, me gave like, me wow. so much anxiety. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, I hate this. I told Julie, I, I was like, this. I was like, he's playing Frogger. Dude, I, no, I, I almost drowned it. as a kid, and someone like was dunking my head under the water, mm. and like they didn't realize I didn't get a breath in, and it felt like. Uh, when you're being held underwater and there's no way out, like you're just you're scratching for the surface, mm. man, that was and and then when there was a possibility for air, uh-huh. there was a possibility of getting decapitated. I was yeah. just like, oh my god, this is so terrible. Choose your battles. Bro. I love how it was how it was filmed though. The cinematography in this, it's great. It's uh, do you know who directed it? Mm-mm. It's gonna blow your fucking mind. This was the fir- this was the only movie I think to date where this person. This person has gone on to be a very... Don't you look it up. This person has gone on to be a very successful director. But he's usually the director and writer of his movies, I think. But he did not write this movie. He directed it. Because this movie is a remake of one that came out, I think, like 10 or something years before it. It might have been international or something. It wasn't as big. Christopher Nolan directed this movie. Really? Yeah. And I hate saying that because I'm traditionally not a Nolan guy. And I know Nolan is well-loved, and rightfully so, because he's a brilliant filmmaker. It's just a lot of his movies don't hit home for me. Oh. Uh, but he did this one, and it's kind of a horror film in a sense because it's a thriller. And I put those together because I love them both. But you see Robin Williams play this role, and it just, man, it's a banger. What can I say? I love it. I'm glad you love it. But I do want to reveal something. Um, I don't know if you know this. I know the world doesn't know this. But this movie holds a very special place in my heart. Because in 2002, when this movie came out, I remember seeing the trailer, and I couldn't go to the theater, but I knew I was going to buy it on DVD. The first time that I ever got to hang out with Julie, who everybody knows is my main squeeze, was in 2002. We worked together at the movie theater. We would go to, and this was the first night, like the group of us, so Julie was my boss, first off. The boss was not allowed to hang out with the employees. It was kind of like a thing. Yeah. So yeah. the employees, we were all friends. We would go out and we would go to Putt Putt. And then we would go to, or no, we would go out and go to IHOP first. Then go to Putt Putt after or something. No, or maybe it was the other way around. Putt Putt first and then IHOP because it was open later. That's what it was. Well, we kept trying to get Julie to go because Julie was only like three years older than us. Like, come on. So I don't know what made her change her mind. I would like to think it was me, but I don't know. Maybe she just wanted to go out and have some fun. We all went to Putt-Putt, had a good time. We all went to IHOP, had a good time. But I remember I wasn't ready to go home. But I didn't have a car. (laughs) Much like today, I didn't drive. Julie, for whatever reason, was also like, I mean, is there anything else you want to do? And I was like, Walmart's open. Like, that's all I can think about, bro. It was like 3 in the morning. Okay. So Julie and I went to Walmart and... I had conveniently brought, because I thought maybe I convinced somebody to go to Walmart, a whole bunch of money. You know back when we had the sparklets bottles and we filled it with change? Yeah. This is when I discovered that I was totally falling for this lady. Uh, I shouldn't say that. For Julie. (laughs) She was the kind of person that was on my level with me because we were at 3 a.m. sitting on the nasty-ass Walmart floor, and we were rolling change with those things. (laughs) And this person who I knew because she was my boss, but I got to know on a whole other level as being like, you're an amazing person. And it was me and Julie, Julie and I, sitting in the Walmart floor rolling change. And she didn't have to do that, but she wanted to be in my company. And we had a good time. And it was completely innocent, but it was just two people getting to know each other. It could have been a fucking movie today, bro. Um, But I just never forget that. That night I had bought um, Insomnia with DVD with the money that we rolled up and Exorcist, the version you've never seen is (laughs) the title. Those are the two movies I got. And so whenever we were prepping for this podcast, I was like, we got to watch Insomnia. She didn't know. So I showed her the movie. We watched it together, and she really liked it. And then I let her know, hey, that magical night, this was the movie I bought. And so this movie always just kind of holds a special place in my heart, dude. That's such a cool story that just adds to it. Like, like <laughs> I don't have anything like that, unfortunately. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but it is cool, cool because that was 2002, yeah. and then Julie and I hooked up 17 years later. And here we are. Hey, man. So, that's fate, dude. It is. So what do you got for number two, my dude? Man. Oh, hey, look, check this out. It's a bad joke. <laughs> I was awful. Also, uh, suffering from insomnia because we stayed out so late, bro. <laughs> I had to go to work. I was so tired. Dang, man. How late did you stay? It's worth it, bro. Whatever. <laughs> I think I went to bed like at 6 a.m. or something. Dang. Like, whenever she took me home. <laughs> it takes a long time for so, all change. Yeah, good night. Um, number so, two. My number dose is uh, 
fortunately, but unfortunately, something you've already said. I mean, it's bound to happen. Come on. Ah, man. We got 19... Was it 90? I mean, you gotta let me know. Aladon. Aladon. 92, bro. 92. Yes. I couldn't remember. I was hoping you had it high on your list, and that's why I took a chance to put it in my honorable mention. Let me have it. Why? I fucking love this movie. Who doesn't love Dude, Aladdin, bro? Aladdin is like... We can finally talk about it. I mean, real talk. It's like... The like, if not the greatest, one of easily one of the greatest Disney cartoons ever. Like, I mean, golden age, nineties. There was the big three, man. People always talk about like Lion Little Mermaid, King. Aladdin, and Lion King because they yeah. all came out within like four years of each other. Yeah, and dude, Aladdin. What can I say? I mean. He, I don't even really need to explain the plot. I'm mean, no, be no, honest, no. dude. Just it, tell it, me why you love it. Like, he, why is it a Robin Williams favorite? He made that role. He was the genie. When when Robin Williams passed, we lost the genie, man. I know. I mean, he played a lot of different roles, but I didn't wish for that. But no, and what a heartbreak to know. Like, this guy had one of the most like amazing performances in animation history. True. The charisma, the comedy, the fact that he could literally transform into anybody he wanted. And I'm not talking about the cartoon character. I mean Oh yeah. Like he, his impressions. Yeah. Yeah. He could just turn into anybody he wanted to. Jack Nicholson, it, Rodney Dangerfield, like Yeah. Just it, it I love this character that he played, and it couldn't have been played by anybody else. I mean, there have been some folks that, you know... Tried. Yeah, and that's fine. And don't get me wrong, I'll give them their props for 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 what it's worth. Yeah, because Robin Williams refused to do the sequel, so right. you're going to you're gonna make was the movie... Dan regardless. Costanello? Yeah, dude, Homer Simpson. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, Disney played, was going to make the movie regardless. He played the cartoon, uh, the TV series right. on Disney Channel, and but that you, was okay, too. You know what's you know? crazy, though, is Robin Williams returned for the third movie, though. Right. So it's kind of like Water Under the Bridge. It was, because King of Thieves is good, too. Yeah, all it's of not them as are. good as the original. All of them are, though. They're all three of them are good. The second one, the uh, Return of Jafar, yeah. that's a straight up just Gilbert Godfrey movie, bro. Dude, it is. Gotta give props to He's Gilbert Godfrey. Too. I mean, he, <laughs> this is an all star cast too. Yeah, you know. Um, it, it, but Aladdin, bro, like, mm. what an amazing movie. I mean, I'm not. That's one of the yeah. two VHS tapes I ruined by watching too much. It got stuck in the VCR. The other one was Three Ninjas. I can't even tell you how many times I watched this movie, man. It better be over a hundred. I don't know if it's over a hundred, but it's a damn lot. I mean, it's. <laughs> I mean, it's. Okay. This is a. This is a lot. I mean, the 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 fee, the good feeling it always gives me when I watch it is is. There's not very many movies that put me in a good mood like Aladdin does. It, I can put it on any time. It. The dis the the top five Disney movies, man. You can just throw them in there anytime. If anybody's listening to the episode I did, Top 5 Disney Movies, you know I love Aladdin too. You heard where it was at. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, you not much two? I can say. I'll tell you my number two. I'm ready, bro. You, you ain't never heard of it before, but I have a really strong feeling my number two is your number one. You ready for my prediction? Uh, you may be right. 1993, my number two, Miss Doubtfire. <sighs> Oof. <laughs> we'll just see what happens. But this was probably... The first time I'd ever seen Robin Williams. You know, we heard Robin Williams as Genie. I didn't grow up watching Robin Williams and Mork and Mindy and all the 80s. I've seen him now and all his older stuff, almost. But what's really crazy is seeing him in here, it kind of blew my mind. Because I could put, like, oh, that's the voice of the Genie. Holy shit, he's just as animated in real life. And this movie is also insanely quotable, but it's a very like heartwarming story about a dad who just wants to spend more time with his kids, and I just totally get that. Yeah. You know, like I totally buy into that. And this is one that we had on VHS growing up. It was a family favorite, so we watched it a lot. And if I'm not being too modest, I do a really great impression of a hot dog. <laughs> How do you feel about my number two, bro? Um... It's all right, I guess. Okay. It's not as good as Flubber, but, you know. <laughs> no, but real talk. Because you only like Disney movies over I, here. This movie's awesome, dude. It um, is. What can I say about Mrs. Doubtfire? 
You can say anything you want, bro. It's my fucking number one. There it is. I called it. <laughs> but I, there wasn't much room left. You know what I mean? And I'm glad that it's your number one because we were very close with this. Man, um, talk about just an absolute perfect movie. Feel good movie. It is. It's... It, 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 I like it in the beginning, you... bro, when he's like doing the voice of the parrot, because then you kind of yeah. see like that's what it looks like behind the scenes. That's yeah. so awesome, man. I could pick this whole movie apart, and I, I love it. I mean, you got Sally Field; she yep. plays the wife, sure. of Robin Williams, and she's just doing her job. She's she's the one who's making the money. Let's be honest, you know. Um, she does she, the grocery shopping. Yeah, she, yeah. she's being like a really responsible mom. And Robin Williams, he's a he's a good dad, but he's not the best husband. He mm. really doesn't like. He's just the fun dad. She all wants the a time. mature partner, right? Yeah. And she can't. She he, she just doesn't have that with him. And you know, although he's an amazing father, he he just. He can't be that responsible guy. He's the, there was a, a kid's birthday party they had in the beginning of the movie, uh-huh. and dude, dope ass birthday. <laughs> oh, dude, like amazing! Only like epic movie birthday. You're yeah, talking about true. this doesn't happen. I don't know anybody who got a petting zoo at their birthday inside the house. Bro. San Diego goats yeah, inside I mean, the house. Like I wouldn't even do that. Are you serious, bro? That is pretty irresponsible. <laughs> it's 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 super irresponsible. But that but. that is one of the best gifts too. The one Robin Williams turns like, "What's up?" And he's got his hat turned sideways. He's got his <laughs> flannel buttoned up. Jump around, jump around. That's good shit. Yeah, man. And then, like, as the movie progresses, basically the court orders um, Robin Williams' character, uh, Daniel Hillard, if basically if he can have a solid job and prove that he's a responsible father, you know what I mean? Like, we give him shared custody or whatever. He needs to, like, pull up his bootstraps and really just make this happen yeah and what does he do like he goes to his family and says i want you to make me a woman <laughs> and he's goes, like, oh yeah, honey i'm yeah. so proud <laughs> and why is this because sally field needs extra help she yep. puts an ad in for like a maid position uh-huh and or our nanny and she just needs help man yep. she needs someone to pick up the kids and you know clean up and, 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 and dinner make dinner yeah. and do the help with the homework and just be homely be there because she doesn't really have the time. She's busy making the money. Um, and so this is the perfect opportunity. Not only can Robin Williams' character make some money, but he can also spend time with his kids. It's the perfect job for him. As long as you don't mind dressing up as an old lady. Yeah. I mean, and and, and what is it? Is it is it an old Irish lady or is it an old Scottish something, lady? Something. I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> this movie's so funny. It is. It's so funny. And Earlier you lo- said... About how well a movie holds up, this one holds up. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Physical like, comedy just goes such a long way. The, the prosthetics, yeah. I give them props, man. <laughs> I believed it. I yeah. believed it. Yeah, I'm like, no man. question in my mind, bro. Yeah. I'm glad they showed us like how he becomes a woman yeah. like by putting it on, because yeah. otherwise I would have thought it was a different, like an actress or something. And Yeah, and, and they went through a whole montage like, yeah. of different faces and yeah. whatnot. And it was just like... Man, that scene where the mask falls out and gets run over it looked like over from Star Trek. I'm like, oh my god, bro, it's so flat, bro. It, we, I mean, come on, the scene where she's in the kitchen and puts her face in the pot. Hello, <laughs> you want one <laughs> cup or two? Oh, there you go. It was amazing. You got your cream and your sugar, and you couldn't and you couldn't be mad at the character because it was a sweet old lady. Yeah, and he just played it so unless well. unless you try to steal her purse. It's true. But that, that mugger comes in, takes that, and she's like, "Back off!" Like, oh my god, <laughs> he's scared. Um, then, you, dude, you got Pierce Brosnan plays perfect like, asshole. Well, I mean, I mean, to okay, be fair, okay, only I, only because we're rooting for Daniel. That's why. D- yeah, don't because okay. don't get it mixed. Uh, uh, you, Daniel is. It's not like he's having like not responsible. Yeah, and. He just knows that Pierce Brosnan's character is just trying to get some. But it turns out he's actually not a bad dude. Right. He even says he loves the children. And right. It's kind of perfect. He's trying to settle down. And he's actually a good fit, you know? It's just we love Robin Williams and want right. to see him. He totally deserved that run by fruiting. This <laughs> The run by fruiting. That shit was uh, nice. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. He was a good sport. Yeah. Even, he ain't stupid. You know he was getting tortured by Mrs. Doubtfire oh, yeah. throughout that movie. But he was just like, you know what? At the end of the day, kids like, want their dad. Yeah. 
and and hey, man, what what if anyone in that situation? You you gotta just understand the blood father is their blood father. I mean, you know from experience, there's no one's gonna take those kids away. That's from kind you. of funny. I no. don't know from experience. <laughs> Who oh. is my blood father? <laughs> I'm talking about you. I know, but that's being great. in a situation, you're basically like Robin Williams' character, only way more responsible and that's not right. even not the same situation. But no one's taking your kids away, right. no matter what, man. Right. And and that's. Yeah, everyone can. I think he does the unthinkable that. to really be there for his kids, and it. I like the kids in this movie too. You got there's three of them. You have the oldest, which is a daughter. The middle who's a son, and youngest a daughter. Yeah. All three of them went on to do some things. Like the oldest daughter, she was in Independence Day. Yeah, the Lisa son, Jacob. Yeah, uh-huh, the son was Matthew Lawrence, and we we've seen yep. him in tons of stuff. Oh, yeah. Personal plug though, I loved a TV show growing up called. Um, I'm, oh, it's so it's such a tongue twister. Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. <laughs> you would love it, okay? And, well, you might have when you were a kid because it's kind of got a kaju thing going on. Yeah. Um, but also the youngest one played Matilda in the Matilda movie, and so it was really oh, cool yeah. to see all them and Mara work Wilson. together. Right, right, right. Yeah, and that was great. Um, Good casting, man. Dude, yeah, Matthew Lawrence. I remember him from Boy Meets World. Yeah, that's you know, right. He, that's, he was on there. Yeah, he was he, older. He was, he was the uh, roommate. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Well, and you know him from Hot Chick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Billy! <laughs> but uh, that's my number two, and it can only be beaten by my number one. But before we get there, um, actually, you just told me your number one, so I guess we're already there. Damn, that shit did go quick. We, we went through it, man. We did, yeah, because your number one's the same as my number two. All right, well, I have great news from you. For you. <laughs> My number one has already been brought up. I'm sorry. There's no new uh, Robin Williams movies coming at you, but we're going to spend more time on it because my all-time favorite, I knew before making this list what cool. it was, it's 1995 Jumanji. Jumanji. Jumanji is my... It is another movie that holds a special place in my heart because I saw this in theater with my grandmother. Yeah. And my grandmother's got dementia, so I don't get new memories much anymore. But this one often comes up. And there was a point in time when, you know, I did not go to the movies a lot when I was a kid, like at all. But then I started to with my aunt because she's like, took me to my first horror movie. But then I spent a lot of time with my grandma, and it was just us. And she worked a lot. But one time I was just like, do you want to go to a movie? And she, like, entertain the idea and we only saw three or four movies total in theater and this was one of them and i remember seeing this in theater and it blew my mind because i didn't understand how like that it was so much cgi because i thought shit was happening i didn't know how they got all these animals involved in animatronics and people in suits or whatever they did but i knew david alan greer from in living cover loved him as the cop in this movie hilarious i knew kristen dunst from interview with the vampire don't know if i put two and two together but she was great in it and robin williams is this character like i already knew who he was because of missed outfire because uh you know he's genie but him playing alan this kid that got bullied got trapped in this game you had was it bonnie hunt is she the main actress and dude i don't it just really worked for me she was terrified of the game because when she was a kid she saw him get sucked into the game she went through like years of therapy to basically believe that she made that up it didn't happen only to find out it did happen like when robin williams comes back he's like i forgot the lingo but he's like did anybody roll a six or whatever it was and he's like he did and he's like "Ah!" i mean i would just totally act the same way but they have to finish the game, and you never know what's going to happen on the next roll. And I just fell in love with that movie, man. And so seeing it on the big screen and then getting it on home in VHS and then getting it again on DVD, you said it holds up extremely well. I 100% back it up. It never gets old. And I know that I might get a little hate from this. I know Julie's kind of been on my case about it. Um, but it's kind of the reason why I would not even entertain the idea of the new Jumanji movies. Because I'm so afraid. People tell me they're different, but they're great. But I just love this one so much that I don't even want to see another version of Jumanji. But, I understand. But, dude, this movie is just... Uh, it's It brings my childhood back when I watch it. So, I'll say this about some of the Jumanji movies. You go into the game right. with the new ones. This one, the game kind of comes to you. Right. And so it's like a video game and you get sucked into it. The old one, the older version is like, it's a board game. Right. So it's just a little bit different. And there are characters and you basically are it, those characters. Sure. 
and you like play that part, but you have it's Julia's it's gonna quick, be really happy that you're like telling me to watch it. It's because, a different spin. It's funny. It's yeah. funny, and it's a lot of good actors, and you know. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to get too much into it, but I, I ended up watching um, them a couple years ago uh, during like Christmas time. I was just like just sitting down doing nothing. Would you I call them like popcorn films? Like oh, just... for sure. Okay. They're fun, man. It's like it, it, you're just sitting around want to watch a feel-good film. It's got a little bit of adventure, a little bit of fun. Uh, the comedy is decent. The actors, you love them. And there's, there's a lot of good back and forth. But, um, I mean, again, it kind of makes me feel like that, like old the mummy stuff, you know what I mean? Sure. That it's like, like a, a good adventure film. Yeah, good adventure film, and it's but it doesn't take itself too seriously. Right, and I can tell from the trailer that if the original Jumanji didn't exist, I probably would have been all over it. Right. But you know, one of the things about that I didn't mention the original Jumanji that really gets me too is it's a it's a really good father son tale. Yes. And yes. Uh, being something that was lacking in my life, I just, it, you know, things like that usually get me to tear up and stuff. Um, I just buy into it. Yeah. And I think this one's no exception. It's sold really well. Yeah. And uh, and that's the thing, too, is the guy, the actor that plays the dad is the one that plays the hunter in it. Yeah, Jonathan Hyde. Yeah, and right. uh, good name drop, but yeah, really cool. So uh, it, it, I, I just, man, I love Jumanji and I love Miss Doubtfire. Those are just two movies that essentially made our childhood, I think. 100%. I mean, with the lightness, like the triple three. Man, I, um, if nothing else, hopefully people could agree with a lot of these on the I list. think most people I mean, will. I mean, I mean, there's going to be the one offs of maybe uh, people who, how do I say, I mean, that are maybe a little younger than us that maybe did grow up with Flubber. I was already out of, you know, I was already transitioning into horror, and I even entertain the idea of watching Flubber and it was like, hey, you never know. But it got to a point where I was so satisfied with my list yeah. that I decided like to leave it alone. I wanted to watch a Dead Poet Society and stuff like that because I felt like right. these, you know, I knew that uh, everybody loves Good Morning Vietnam, but I've never seen it. So it, people can't be mad that I can't yeah. be on my list if I haven't seen it. But for today, this is my top five. Man, it's you you said it better than I ever could have, man. I yeah, watched I watched, I watched quite a few <laughs> these movies on here, and uh, it's crazy that we had so many the same. I ended up watching Good Morning Vietnam for the first time. I really, really liked it. I'm glad I watched it. Um, it there, uh, Patch Adams was awesome. I Loved the trailer. Wanted it, to see it. I seen my wife watch it, and I never really sat down and just like watched it. Watched it. And I did, and I was, I was, I was like, man, this is damn good. There's so many of these little movies that I've seen for the first time. Um, that I'm, uh, now I'm excited to see Final Cut. Yep. Now try not uh, to put too much. I don't want you to get overhyped because it is a slow movie. But I get it. It, but the, I get when it. you said that you like the story, I think that was good enough. I think you're gonna like right. the movie. But right. there's so many movies too that I, I you know I never seen Good Will Hunting. I wanted to see it. Julie had seen What Dreams May Come mm-hmm. a long time ago. And I don't even think she finished it because she wasn't in the mood for that kind of movie. I heard it's a kind of far-out movie. But I saw the trailer for it, and I was like, babe, we don't have time to watch this and prep for the podcast. But I do want to eventually see it. I know that movie's got Cuba Gooding Jr. in it. But, you know, Flubber, Father's Day, Patch Adams, What Dreams May Come, and Bicentennial Man were ones that I really wanted to get to and I did not get the opportunity to. And so I'm gonna have to. Uh, I gotta admit something, man. I never seen Bicentennial Man. Well, me I, neither. I've but the trailer. Wanted to. Well, I remember when the trailer came out. I was like, that looks weird. It does look. But weird. But as an adult, I'm watching it, and that's the thing too. You know, when you're a kid watching these movies, you relate to the kids in them. Right. Now that we're full grown adults and somewhat mature, we relate to the adults in the film, and then. In comparison, we understand a lot more. And, uh, yeah, those are just movies that I'll eventually want to watch, and then we may have to do a follow-up. Sounds like a plan, dude. But speaking of that, we will have some kind of follow-up because this is November. we got one more month this year. I'd like to get at least one more episode uh, on the list, so we'll take a few minutes and figure it out. What sounds good? Man. We've only had 25 ideas. Pick one. (laughs) (laughs) It's more like, what do we have time for? And... What do you want to do? You know, more recently, I kind of brought the idea of, like, top five Jamie Foxx movies. Okay. Because I think he's pretty... He's incredibly versatile. Okay. And Much like Williams. Yeah, yeah. And I... It's, it's crazy, the amount of roles he has. And I just have barely skimmed the surface. And I'm like, oh, this guy... 
actually, I mean, damn, he could be anybody. Okay. So that, this is what you're so, leaning towards, huh? A little bit. I mean, if, okay. if, if not that. No, I am. Uh, Let's just do it. Okay, you got it. It's, I don't do enough Are you episodes. Cool with it? I'm cool with it because it'll be a learning experience for me. I've, I've probably only seen five Jamie Foxx movies, but uh, I would like to discover more. And I don't do enough of these episodes of top five certain actors. And so I would like to keep doing some of those. And why not with you, bro? Sounds like a deal, man. All right. Well, thank you for coming on here and telling me about your favorite Robin Williams movies. Hell yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Top five Robin Williams movies. What'd you guys think? Man, I had a lot of fun having Ed the Undead on here and talking about our favorite Robin Williams movies. And you guys are listening to this episode because you're fans of Robin Williams. We're fans of Robin Williams. And I hope that, you know, our favorites, I hope some of them are your favorites too. I hope we were able to shine a light on some that maybe you haven't seen. But I hope we didn't leave out some of your guys' favorites because... Damn, it's hard to make a top five. But I'm being honest. Um, you know, I love Aladdin. I love these dark thrillers. Missed out fire. But, dude, like, Jumanji is really where it's at for me. Like, when I think, a lot of people will be like, when I think of Robin Williams, I think of Genie. And that's perfectly great. Like, that's even more acceptable than what I'm about to say. But I think of Jumanji because of the experience I had in theater, seeing it with my grandma. And it's just a great time. And, uh, I don't know, maybe secretly I want a board game to come to life. If I was going to think about that, what board game would I want? I don't know. Maybe that's another podcast. I should do a podcast on top five board games. In fact, maybe I'm secretly already planning on it. <laughs> but, no, it was great having Ed on here. It's great knowing that we had so many in common. When I was a kid watching it, he was a kid watching it. Makes sense to me. But I'll let that be that. You guys have a wonderful day. And thanks for listening to the All Things Dave podcast. Mm-hmm.